I want to go on record for, for Vision Sunday. You know, I do a lot of things. I, I know that I love the Bible. People like me because I quote the Bible and they tell me that. And thank you. Me too. I love it. Uh, we like your worship or we like your passion. And, and can I just say that the vision over my life and the vision over our church is not anything other than Jesus. And that is so, I know that's, that's borderline cheesy and maybe you're like, okay, yeah. But I literally want you to know that our vision as a church, our vision is Jesus. Um, I, I wrote some things throughout the week and, and then this morning as I was just spending time in his presence. Jesus is our vision. He's our model. Mark 10, 45, he didn't come to be served but to serve and to give his life. And let this same mindset be in you, Philippians 2, 5. Jesus is our model for life. If you just say amen, I'll be able to get through some of this. Jesus is our mission. Wait, I thought the Great Commission was our mission. No, 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 no. Our mission is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's our mission. And then out of that, he commissions with us to then spread that in all the earth. Someone needs to hear that today. If mission is my mission, then I won't have what it takes to overcome to the end when all hell breaks loose and when people say, no, this isn't the way. The only way we're going to be able to stand in these chaotic times is if Jesus is our mission. The unending riches of his glory, his wisdom and revelation, his love and peace and presence, who he is. Jesus is our vision and he's our mission. And out of that all-out pursuit of knowing eternal life, John 17, 3, is to know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Did you know eternal life is bound up in knowing who Jesus is? Not knowing about Jesus, but knowing him face-to-face, heart-to-heart, breath-to-breath. Jesus is our aim. Did you know we're to fix our eyes on Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3? That we're to look unto Jesus, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Then when all hell breaks loose, I don't look at the problem. I get higher so that I can look to the one who is still reigning and ruling on his throne. Jesus is the aim of our heart here at Cornerstone Church. He's the one. He's the target that we're putting all of our arrows from our quiver in to shoot at. Because we get him, we get everything. Jesus is our ambition. Even as the Apostle Paul uh, had it as his heart, as he was one who was marked to go preach the gospel, he said, it's my, Christ, it's my ambition to preach Christ wherever he's not known. He's our ambition. Did you know that? Jesus is our advocate. Did you know that there is a man who is at the right hand of the Father, who is a man on a throne, who advocates for us in our weakness? Man, more than two people need to hear that because we are weak in ourselves. We don't have what it takes. But there's a man who is an advocate with the Father saying, Father, I know exactly what they're going through. They're very weak, but I'm very strong. And so pour out more glory. Pour out more grace. That even though our aim is to not break his heart or to sin, that when or if we sin, there's one who stands with us with wounds still in his hands saying, Father, my blood is still good enough for them. Forgive them. I want you to know that it's always, Ephesians 4, 32, it's always through Christ that God forgives us. It's always through Christ that God forgives us. He looks at his son, he says, let's forgive him. What you did, it's sufficient. Jesus is our advocate. I want you to know, Jesus is our redemption. What I'm saying is this, that none of us had what it took 
to buy our freedom, that the blood of Jesus alone was sufficient to purchase us from sin and slavery to sin. He's our redemption. Jesus is our righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21. That those of us who tried to be good in our own strength, even on our best day, compared to the perfect, glorious righteousness of God, our righteousness looked like filthy rags. Isaiah 64, 4-8. through eight. So in Christ, we are literally given a garment of the very righteousness of Christ. He's our righteousness. Come on, somebody. I want you to know that Jesus is our reward. At the end of the age, when the eternal city descends from the clouds and we walk in the renewed heaven and the renewed earth, listen, that's a wedding party. Our eternal reward is to get to know and walk with Jesus with every breath. Our reward is Christ. It's not heaven. It is heaven. But our reward is that we get to spend eternity with, with no barriers and restrictions. And the, Listen, there's no sun in the renewed city. There's no temple in the renewed city because the light and the love that emanates and radiates from the lamb that was slain will penetrate every heart and illuminate every thought and every conversation. I'm telling you, every spiritual blessing is ours in the heavenly realms in Christ. So Christ is our reward. He's our blessing. I'm trying to talk about Vision Sunday. It's Jesus. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. He's life. He's the living bread that one bite, one crumb from Jesus and all of the tables that are offered to us at every other table look the crummy compared to just one crumb when you experience the life-giving sustenance of Jesus in your heart and your life. When you just one bites, he's the vine that apart from him we can do nothing, John 15. He's resurrection. Come on, somebody. When you believe in Jesus, man, your shelf life, like they erased it off the package of your life. I like that one. Like expiration date is erased. Because he's the resurrection and the life. He's the good shepherd, John 10, who knows not only how to lead us away and through harm, but to lead us to a place of flourishing and rest. Come on, somebody. Jesus is our vision. He's the light of the world, John 8, 12. That even when we walk through the valley of darkness, the darkness, Psalm 139, is as light to the one who's leading us. He's the light of the world. This is just Jesus. I was just writing this. This is all. I just wrote what was coming. I just want you to know that Jesus alone is the well of salvation. Listen, many of us, like the woman at the well in John 4, we go to every other well and every town and everything, but I want you to know one drink of his love. You can leave your dusty, cruddy water pots alone because you're satisfied in him. I want you to know that Jesus is our teacher. Yes. Matthew 10, 23 through 25. And that we're actually not to call anyone else teacher because it says it there in Matthew. He has a capital T. He's the teacher. Everyone say the teacher. And all of us are his students. We're called to, to, to apprentice our lives to follow after our teacher and to listen to what? Every single Word And only when we do that, John 7, 17, will we figure out that his teaching's not his own. He's getting it from his Father. And when it comes from the Father and the Son and it comes in the power of the Spirit, John 6, 63, we experience life and freedom and wholeness. He's our teacher. Someone's going to get happy with me. 
Jesus is our vision. This is Vision Sunday. Jesus is our treasure. Did you know that? Matthew 6, 19 through 21, that where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Well, if Jesus wants to make my heart his home, John 14, 23, with the Father, by the Spirit, then it only makes sense that Jesus would be the treasure of our hearts. He's our hope. Does anyone need hope today? I want you to know that he's not just a dull hope or a a hope in your desperation. He's a living hope that anchors your very life to the very life and reality of God. Did you know Hebrews 16, 6, 19 says that he is actually the anchor of our souls, that we are tied to hope. Zechariah talks about being prisoners of hope. I want you to know when you came and you believed in Jesus, you got a lifetime sentence in the pris- as a prisoner of hope. That's supposed to be a kind of a joke, but it's true. We're called, it's, it's true. He is our hope, I think. I think you believe me. This is just a few things I was writing about this morning. Jesus is our, our healer. Do you believe he's our healer? We talk about it very often around here. This is Vision Sunday, if you're remembering the point of the message. And Jesus is our vision. When Jesus looked at the paralytic in Mark 2, and, and you know, he said to the paralyzed guy, your sins are forgiven. They all thought he was a blasphemer. Because only God can forgive. He says, what's easier or harder, forgiveness or healing? And then he tells the guy to get up. And so we believe that Jesus has not diminished one ounce in his power or capability to both forgive and to heal. So Jesus is our healer. Um, I'm almost done. I didn't write everything. I want you to know that Jesus is our, he's our holiness. And in uh, and, and 1 Corinthians 1, I was thinking 28 through 31, He's our righteousness, redemption, justification, holiness. Therefore, let anyone who boasts only boast in the Lord. Because it's God who brought you into Christ anyway. It wasn't even your idea. He chose you before the creation of the world in Christ to be adopted, to experience the fullness of his love and to never get over it. Did you know that you and I will never get over what Jesus has done? Do you know the eternal song we will be singing? Worthy is the lamb who was slain. With your blood, Revelation 5, 9 through 10, you purchased men and women for every nation, language, tribe, and tongue, and you've made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and his Christ for all eternity. That the ageless song we will sing is tied to what Christ has done on our behalf. I like it. Just a couple more. This is Vision Sunday. Jesus is the word. Someone say, the word. word. He's not just God's idea. He is God. He didn't just come and disperse new content from heaven. He, was the, he is the very content of heaven. That if Jesus said in John 12, 45, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, it says that in the last days, God speaks to us through his Son, who is the exact and definitive exact representation of God himself with skin and bone on. That throughout the ages, God dwelt in tents and tabernacles and in temples. But in the fullness of time, he sent his boy not to dwell in a building, but to be the very habitation of God with skin and bone. The fullness of his glory was revealed through his life. And most clearly displayed as he hung, battered, bludgeoned, and beaten on a cross, the glorious king hangs there so that in the sight of all the nations we could see the laid bare holy arm of God and experience salvation. Jesus is the glorious one. He's the word. 
made flesh. I want you to know this, contrary to proper belief, because sometimes we, we, we misunderstood this. I want you to know that Jesus is the head. That there, he is the leader of the church. Did you know that? The Bible talks about that. That he is the head of the church. His body, Ephesians 1, 22 and 3. The fullness of him that fills everything in every way. Jesus is the head. So technically, if he's the head, of course he's our vision because he's looking. He's like, I got a head. That was clever, but serious. Listen, the head is already taken care of. The only sufficient one to lead and guide the church is Jesus. He's the only one who could lead us because he's the one who died to make us part of his church. And the one who redeemed us is fully capable to lead us through these troubled times and these last days that we live in. Jesus is the head. And then I chose this last one because we just got done with the prayer conference. Did you know that Jesus is our intercessor? If you don't know what that means, an intercessor is a go-between, someone who stands in the gap. And I want you to know that when Jesus was resurrected and he was ascended and he blessed his boys, if you read the end of Luke 24, the end of the Gospel of Luke, it's this beautiful picture of Jesus blessing his disciples and gals, guys and gals. And now he, 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 he literally, it says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, he lives, everyone say lives, to intercede for those who come to God through him. So Jesus right now, this is stunning, he's our intercessor. Our vision is Jesus the point of the message. He's our intercessor. He lives. I mean, it's like one thing. How many like you do drive-by prayers? You think about God. Oh, thank you, God. Anyone ever do that? I do it all day long. But Jesus, he is preoccupied with praying for those of us who regularly come to God through him. He's preoccupied for interceding, just standing by the Father or sitting, whatever he wants to do. He can do whatever he wants, but he's interceding for us to overcome in these days. He's interceding for us that we would not grow weary in doing good, but we'd continue to press in and so to the Spirit. He's interceding for us that instead of being right or getting even, we would pursue walking out reconciliation when we wrong each other. He's interceding for us that when our culture seemingly is pushing uh, the gospel or making space for God, he's saying, don't worry, I'm interceding for you. It doesn't really matter what your government or whatever is saying. I am in your corner. And I'm your go-between. So when it gets really, really tough and the shaking and whatever the enemy wants to throw at your place, there's somebody whose prayers get answered every time and his name is Jesus. He literally lives to intercede for us, to overcome. And I'm convinced he's interceding actually something a little bit different. He's interceding that we would just come to him. Because if you read the verse, you don't believe me, I'll actually open this thing. I'm just saying the Bible verses here today. I'll just open it so you believe me. Look, it's right here in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 7. He lives, verse 25. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. You know what I think Jesus is praying? Father, let them live a lifestyle of just coming to me all the time. Because he's praying to those who come to him through, 
tempted God through. Father, let their posture be one of constant communion with me. Father, let them let their entire lifestyle, like mine was, as I look to you for everything, every word, every breath, every step, every city I was to go preach in, every miracle that was released, every teaching. Father, everyone I called when I stood up all night and I called my 12 disciples, Lord Jesus, or Father, I spent my whole life praying, and I'm praying they would live that same exact lifestyle. So I'm praying that they would become people of prayer. I think that's what he's praying. His prayer is going to be answered in these days, I'm telling you. We're going to realize that a man cannot solve the solution. There is a man who already did. His name is Jesus. And Jesus wants the body to get aligned with the fact that there is no other but him. I'm telling you, we in, in this, you know, in our blessed state in the West, we haven't needed Jesus that much. But I'm telling you, we need Jesus that much. There is no shortage of gifted, loud, passionate, amazing teams and graphic art, creative media, all those things. But listen, Jesus is going to become the thing that the end time church is fixed on. It will not be a strategy or even a structure. It's going to be a man who have fiery eyes and hair that's long like wool and feet that are like burnished bronze and a gold sash whose name is faithfulness and true, and who out of his mouth comes a sword that destroys and overthrows the works of darkness. I'm telling you, we have had other options, but he's bringing us to a place in the West where he's not only the best option, he's the only option. And that's the problem. You ever wonder why when Jesus called people to follow him, he left them only one of two choices, forsake everything and believe that I'm all that you need, or I'm sorry, you can't follow me. Did you know that? He did that because he was trying to help us at the very beginning. He's always our only option. If we want to walk in a manner that's honoring and that's a part of ushering in the reality of his kingdom, you can do everything, anything. You can build businesses, be wealthy and rich and health and be a great tennis player or golfer or whatever. You don't need Jesus for that. But I'm telling you, at Cornerstone Church, our vision is Jesus because we want Jesus And his name and his renown and glory to be the name upon the lips of every person in this town. We want Jesus. And it's going to take Jesus for us to accomplish that vision. You know, so our vision is Jesus. If you want it to be a little more practical, we want every person who is currently far from God. Some of us, we call them lost No one is lost in the sense of God doesn't know where they are. Are you tracking with me? I know they're lost. I know what I mean, what we mean. But how many know the darkness is his light to him? And he knows where every person is. Isn't that comforting? Even if you have a lost son or daughter or someone in your life, I want you to know God actually knows right where they are. Is this thing working? I think it's working. And I also believe that God knows the way to every single one of their hearts. He knows their idols. He knows their hang-ups. He knows their sins and their shortcomings. And he's not, put, he's not afraid of any of it. He knows the way. And so our desire, just very practically, is for every person who is the farthest, most filthy away from God, to those who maybe don't consider themselves such, but they, that anyone on that lost spectrum is that they would be brought into an encounter, a life-saving encounter with Jesus, 
and that every person that we are exposed to at Cornerstone Church would be equipped to live a lifestyle of regularly walking with Jesus every day, all day, throughout the day. And then thirdly, that they would be equipped to help anyone else who is either far from God, close to God, or wherever they're at in the proximity spectrum, that everyone who runs with us would be equipped with tangible tools on how to help somebody else along the same exact journey. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's our vision, is that it's Jesus. And so Jesus is our method. He's our message. He's our motivation. And there's another M in there, I know, that's creative, but Jesus is our vision. And Emily encouraged me, because I, I haven't even touched. I just touched one page. Here's a four-pager. She said, why don't you just do Vision Month? So we'll just do Vision Month, so you can go eat lunch. <laughs> but was that okay to kick us off on our Vision Month? I, I, it's not... I didn't say any of that to impress you. I'm just telling you, as your pastor, my... My vision is Jesus. And the Lord showed me this week, Chatty, your gifting ain't going to do it. No, no, no. You don't understand. God loves us. He gave us gifts. Everyone say, he gave me gifts and talents and abilities. He gave, and he's glorified in them. Everyone say, he's glorified in them. But they're not sufficient to bring and to usher in and to announce the reality with which he wants to usher in into this town, which is awakening, revival, which is his glory, filling the streets Businesses, marriages, homes, schools. So the Lord showed me this week, Chatty, I love it. Use your gifting, use your gift, your talent, your ability, the, the calling on your life. And he's saying that to all of us. I don't, you don't repent those things away. I gave them to you. How silly would that be if my daughter's like, Dad, no thanks um, to the gift you gave me. Wouldn't that be silly? Okay, now you got the tangible picture. But what Papa wants us to do is, in light of what he's given us, to to offer it to him and say, you know what, but apart from your power and presence, breathing on all of it, and even in my weakness, your strength is made perfect, 2 Corinthians 12. I am resolved. I want you to hear this from me. I am resolved to be a man and to lead a church that is all about Jesus. I'm just resolved. Because here we are, if you look around, we probably had 160 or something. I mean, I've now been here at 17 months. I kind of know how many are coming. And I want you to know, my goal is, it's Jesus. If we, if, 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 if Jesus is, in his life, and his lifestyle is being formed in us, Galatians 4.19, and it's flowing through us, I'm telling you, the seats take care of themselves. The greater issue is, what is your focus on this morning? What is your heart resolved in and for and to? To whom is your allegiance pledged? If it's not Jesus, it can be. All of these things are true. Model, mark, mission, redemption. All of them are true. But you know what? They're true in the sense of that they're eternally true, but they can be true of your actual life today. Did you know there's a difference between truth and it's true? Come on, somebody. I need agreement on that. The demons know that there's one God, James chapter 2. The demons, if you read the Gospels, which is amazing, they're always the one who actually know the identity of Jesus before any of the crowd. You're the son of the most high God. I'm telling you, knowing about, even confessionally, is not enough. It has to become with revelation where it grips and transforms and illuminates and, and uh, shapes every dynamic of our life. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. 
So if you want Jesus to be your vision, here's how we're going to close. I want you to come forward, and I just want us to just put our spiritual foot and literal foot in the ground and say, you know what? Jesus is going to be my vision. Jesus is going to be my vision. Come on up. If, you, if that's you, and I'm resolved for my conference, Jesus is, has to be. You don't have to kneel. Just let's stand together. And we just say, Jesus is my vision. I'm resolved, my model, my mission, redemption, righteousness, all that we've said. Come on and just stand and say, Jesus, I am signing up to be with you every day, to become like you by your spirit, and to live a lifestyle just like you. That's our vision, guys, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. Super rocket science. But he is enough. Come on, somebody say, he is enough. He is enough. So, Lord, we just press in up front right now and just say, Jesus, you be our vision. Yes, Lord. Jesus, be our vision. Yes, Lord. And if there's other things that are clouding your vision, can you just repent? That means turn away from them and ask God to give you new thinking, a new mind today. If there's other areas and things that are blocking your vision of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, can we just right now as a family get really honest and say, Jesus, take it. Wash it, cleanse it. I want you to be my vision today. Come on, just take a minute. Talk to him. Look at his eyes, his loving eyes. Just look to him this morning. He is our vision. He's our vision. Jesus, you're our vision. Jesus, you're our vision. Every other thing, come down. Jesus, be our vision. You are our vision, who you are, what you've done, what you're currently doing, and what you've promised to do yet in the future. Jesus, you're our vision. Thank you, Jesus. You're our vision. Remove every cluttery distraction. In the midst of the mess and the chaos, Lord, be our vision. Give us a single eye. Give us a single eye for you. Lord, we cry out like David, one thing we ask, this only do we seek and desire, you to dwell and to live a lifestyle soaked by your presence and filled with your purpose and promise. Jesus, be our one thing. Be our vision at Cornerstone Church, and we believe there'll be nothing you call us to that we will not accomplish if you're our vision. Lord, as the pastor of this place, I just get on my knees and I say, Jesus, be my vision not the quick fix, not the cute, clevery gimmick. Jesus, you are enough to win every lost person in this city. Your power is enough to heal every sick person. Your provision is enough to set the most bound, decrepit, filthy, imprisoned soul in this city and in the nations. Jesus, you are enough. Your love is a strong enough power for draw to draw every young person to yourself in this town. Jesus, I just confess you are the vision, and I'm giving myself in front of my people to you today afresh and anew to say I'm not just going to be the visionary leader or the preaching leader. I will be the one who's pursuing Jesus' leader, and Lord, I thank you for just recalibrating my heart this week that I want to be a spiritual leader, not just the one with the ideas or the one with the microphone, but the one who lives in a posture of pursuing Jesus with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Father, as I pursue, Father, I know many others, I pray you'd release grace to pursue you right now. Just say, Jesus, I receive grace to pursue you afresh and anew today. 
Be our vision, Jesus, at Cornerstone Church. You are enough, and you are glorious, and we honor you. We acknowledge you. Can we just give him praise this morning and tell him he's so good? I want you to go back to your seat. I have 20 more seconds, and you can do a stopwatch. I want you to listen to me. 20 more seconds. 20 more seconds. Lock the doors, ushers. No one can leave. I'm kidding. And then we're going we're gonna to be dismissed. You can even stay standing or not. I don't care. Chad, how do we participate in the vision of Jesus? That's all nice, and it is nice. I'm telling you. What I'll do is I'll post this so you can go look up the references. You got me? I'll post it on our shared Facebook and on our website. It's just the Jesus vision part, all the, so you, you, and if you get bored in your quiet time, just crank open your scripture, read one of them, and just press in and say, Lord, you're my model, you're my mission, et cetera. All in favor, say amen. amen. So, Chatty, how can we participate in the vision? That's what the next three or four weeks of the month are about. But let me just give you a snapshot right quick. Ready? If you want to write it down, you can. A way to participate in the vision of Jesus and what it means to belong to Cornerstone specifically is this. Make practicing the way of Jesus a priority in your life. Priority number one, practice the way of Jesus. How do I do that? Three things. Ready? Be with Jesus. Look at me and say, be with Jesus. Be Be transformed by Jesus. And then seek to do what Jesus did. That's to practice the way of Jesus. Okay, praise the Lord. It'll be on the website. So are we all into that? Maybe we're at like a level one. There's a level above us, but we're at least resolved to that. Just shake your head at me. (laughs) Number two, make Sundays a priority. Let's break every cultural trend where the average attender comes 1.4 times a month. Make Sunday a priority. I promise you your DVR will work. Record the game or whatever, but make Sunday a priority. That will help you participate with us and fulfilling the vision that Jesus has for us. Amen? That should be pretty obvious, but I'm just saying make Sunday a priority. Put it on your calendar. Okay, I'll get off that. Number three, join us on Wednesday nights. We've hit pause. There's a few journey groups that are still going. We've let several others sort of go to the side. Wednesday nights, we are practicing the way of Jesus around tables. We're praying, we're worshiping, and then we're practicing being discipled by Jesus. So join us. It's on our website. It starts... Intercession at 5.30, 6.30 is worship, 7 is when we break out into tables and we just practice the way of Jesus. We're doing it through the end of the year. Number four, serve. We've got like eight ways to serve. We'll tell you all about them next week. Hospitality, kids, youth, worship, prayer, greeters, ushers, care, connect. There's a place for you here. Everyone say there's a place for me here. And how else do you participate? This is really practical and I'll share it again next week just so you can think about it. Give. Give your time, your treasures, your talent, and say, you know what, this is my family, and family's best when I'm all in. So give. Stand with me. I want to bless you really big. Next week is going to be off the hook. We have um, a very special guest with us. I'm still going to be preaching, but we have a special guest. Um, the, the vice principal of a school in town is going to come to our church and share about how we can be a part of the vision of Jesus in a very, very tangible It's amazing what God is doing, guys. I'm telling you, I believe there are no closed doors in this city for the gospel. Let me say that again. 
There are no closed doors to the gospel in this city. It's ripe for the vision of Jesus to grip the heart of God's people and for Jesus to start becoming the tangible reality in our life. All in favor, say amen. All right, receive this benediction, and then we have a prayer team. If you have a healing need of salvation, you want to come to Christ, just get on up here if you need it. Receive this blessing, please. And those of you who want to read it later, it's in Hebrews 13. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of his eternal covenant, he brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. May he equip you with everything good. Someone say everything good. good. For doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him. I love this. Through Jesus, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Someone say, I have everything good I need this week to do and to live in his will. Through Jesus, hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. Jesus is our vision. Hallelujah.